Yeah, everything else was like trying to be like pseudo-scientific chemicals yes. something, but then this was like red. Just red. <laughs> That's the Kool-Aid flavor power. <laughs> red. <laughs> everybody welcome back to video game beantimism whoa <laughs> where two best friends talk about the the wonderful world of beans my name is david my name is chase wait no david beanavitas uh, thank you that's very nice thank you i'll have another one <laughs> gotta keep the beans going baby it's that's a that was a true jump scare you almost never do the intro <laughs> I, I wanted to surprise you with that one that was an that was an early yeah. er, early gift for you chase wow thank you that's nice You're welcome we've been I feel like I've kind of been bamboozled by the passage of time recently. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about this. There was a little bit of a, a, a mix up where we, we've already put out two episodes in the month of October. And I was listening to Into the Aether the other day and they're like, okay, let's go over to our spooky section of the video games that we're talking about. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. Wait, hold on. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, hold Spooky on. I'm section. also a video game podcast. I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah. I, we usually do a whole month of spooky games, and here we are, spooky gameless, <laughs> which I intend to remedy this episode, but like, whoa. Yeah. Really forgot that that was a thing that we did. <laughs> we dropped the, the, the jack-o'-lantern, everybody. There's, we apologize. There's, there's bits of spooky pumpkin sitting at our feet, but spookkin. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to reserve the right to do one other scary game at a later date because, like, I need more. Need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just gotta take another whiff of them. Yeah, come on. Anyway, welcome to this podcast. Yeah, welcome everyone. We talk about video games and we try and find the fun in them, mm-hmm. even if they're good or bad, or you know, somewhere in the middle, which most games are. Sure are. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Have you been playing video games, David? Uh, I have been. Do you want to do the real intro first? I mean, you did it. It's really <laughs> optimism, the optimist video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of gaming. My name is Chase. And my name is David. So have you been playing video games? <laughs> I have been. Just didn't feel right doing it with beans. Yeah, sure. That's fair. We got Johnny the- Bean. Johnny Beantand was such a strong character, though, that he kind of <laughs> spilled over into this one. Sure I get did. it. Uh, yeah. Anyways, yes, I have been playing games, Chase. I want to hear about him. Yeah, still playing Baldur's Gate. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, getting pretty deep into it, like 60 oh. or so hours in at this point. Oh, yeah. Now we're in there. <laughs> yeah, we're really in there. We're about to go deep into Char's Gauntlet. We've, we've beaten all the trials there. Yep. Um, and it's time to see what waits at the other side of the spooky, spooky message that says, hey, wait, <laughs> make sure you finish all of your side quests before you go through this door because you can't come back otherwise. It's like, yeah, okay. Duly right. noted game. All right, uh, video some, game. Some shit is about to happen, is what that means. Yep. So, yeah, we're about to do that. Still, oh, so, so good. Uh, Shadowlands are fun. Yeah. They are so dark and spooky, and I think it's just kind of the perfect place to have a game set right now during this I know, spooky yeah, perfect season. Perfect timing. Yeah, really yeah. good timing to, for us to get into the Shadowlands. Uh, feels very on brand. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely good contrast between here and the previous couple areas, which were very bright and verdant. Uh, and this yep. is just so uh, dark and dank and uh, nasty. It feels like it just smells like rotten eggs all the time. <laughs> It's kind of my yeah. vibe for it. Sulfuric. Yeah. Sulfuric. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, what What can I say that has not been said about this game? It's exceptional. The writing is yeah. top notch. The, the voice acting is great. Really, every character feels so unique and interesting. The gameplay is fun, engaging, difficult in just the right way. So it's really excited just to see where the rest of this story goes because mm-hmm. uh, I have no idea what is going to happen. I do love that 
I have finally got to the J.K. Simmons portion of the game. Oh, my God. Yeah. And <laughs> had a pretty funny bug when he was introduced mm-hmm. uh, because at, spoilers for Act Two, near the end of Act Two of uh, Baldur's Gate Three, mm-hmm. uh, he's introduced and he is uh, interrogating some gnomes, I think it is. Or some goblins. Goblins. He's interrogating yeah, some goblins. goblins. Yeah. Uh, and one of them displeases him, and he just pretty much goes over there and just double down hand smashes this this goblin into smithereens. It's an incredible scene. Yeah, it's an incredible scene, but made even funnier because in my game it glitched and that goblin just was not there. So it was just J.K. <laughs> Simmons just smashing air violently. Yeah, uh, he's like shadow boxing. He was shadow boxing. It just felt like he was flexing on the rest of them. Be like, this is what's going to happen yeah. to you if you cross me. Catherick <laughs> Thorne in the motherfucking house, baby. Let's go. Yeah. So I thought that was just that was just great. It was. I feel like there that 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 was maybe took away from the gravitas of the scene that they're trying to convey, but also added its own unique bit of enjoyment to it because it was just yes. such a goofy little glitch there. Yeah. So like yeah. you got what they're trying to say, but it was delivered in such a hilariously un- unfitting moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mallory's like, "What is going on? What is happening right now?" I'm like, "This is a glitch. Yeah. This is funny. Trust me." Uh, and we just went with it but yeah that that, it's it's so good i just i have i love any sort of media that i don't really know where it's going to go story-wise always just is so fun to me you know like formulaic can be good sometimes but Mm -hmm. uh, in a game like this i really want was like hoping for something unique and interesting and i think i feel like i got it with this yeah they they do a really good job and i think this is something that's kind of specific to video games is that like I don't know what to expect if I haven't read anything about like how long something is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's very, it's usually very unclear to me, especially in a game like this. Like I, re- I truly don't know what is happening or yeah. what is about to happen in a way yeah, that's yeah. really exciting mm-hmm. versus like if I see a TV series or if I'm watching a movie, like unfortunately my brain kind of like meta games watching that Yeah, where I'm like, well, we got half an hour left. Like, how are we going to pull this together? Like I sort of expect some beats to show up in there. Mm -hmm. Whereas with video games, it's, it's oftentimes not the case where like if a game chooses to be an hour long, I'm interested to see like, how do you make that work? Or if it's a hundred hours long like this, like I I truly just don't know where, where it's going to go. There are uh, oftentimes when I'll be playing a game around uh, my wife and she'll be watching it and be like, oh, that guy's about to die. And I'm I'm like, I actually don't think so. Or like she'll predict something because like and this isn't a dig or anything it's just like she's more used to watching tv and movies you put her on blast right now on your podcast (laughs) it's it's not meant to it's not meant to put her down just like it's it's just meant to say like the the beats of games are like a little bit more unpredictable and i like that i think that it's fun for it not to just be like well i know that because they set this person up like this they're gonna die in 20 hours or whatever yeah Um, right you still see those tropes every now and then and like i think the as the genre establishes itself a little bit more you say like well that guy didn't get a profile picture when i was talking to him it's probably gonna (laughs) die here in a second (laughs) i didn't have a character sheet yeah yeah so like you can you can see it coming a little bit but i do appreciate Mm -hmm. that like the length of something usually does not determine the beats of the story and especially in this game true yeah and i think that's unique to games whereas you don't normally spend a hundred hours engaging with a piece of media besides a game or if you're a very well not a slow reader but if you just read at a at your own pace depending on how fast you read right so yeah it's just it is a very unique thing about games which i love you know, you can't really get that experience anywhere else. Yeah. I have also been playing Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Whoa. Number now one. Now we're talking. Hold it. <laughs> 
are you playing this on xbox i saw it was on game pass or something i am playing on an xbox i figured this would be a easy game for my internet to stream and it was it worked oh perfectly. sure yeah i've never played a phoenix Wright game before i've never played one yeah i'm interested in this because like i i don't know you to be particularly interested in like visual novels either definitely historically no i have not been yeah but in recent years especially now that i'm like a very very tired man when i come home from work <laughs> a, a nice visual novel is just the right level of engagement that i need yeah with my sure. with my chest frazzled brain at the end of the day mm-hmm. uh so this game really f- feels that niche for me because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's an engaging story it's not yeah. like really asking me to press a button at the right time it's just asking me to mm-hmm. think okay think about what i've shown you where's the flaw in this argument or this logic yeah which is fun i enjoy that uh it is it, it, it's a very the most of the game happens in your own head which is kind of fun and different mm-hmm. experience uh compared to a lot of the other games that i tend to play yeah um or are even just available right so it's it really uh, let, lets you take your own time and your own space to play it it gives you a lot of space to enjoy it at your own at your own speed which i do appreciate mm-hmm. about it and the, the the first couple of levels that i played have been fun you know it's not uh, i mean definitely probably back when it was released was like oh my god this is such a weird different type of game mm-hmm. but nowadays with so many indie games and visual novels kind of exploding doesn't seem maybe quite as revolutionary but i do appreciate mm-hmm. what it is doing as trying to gamify logic and reasoning mm-hmm. which is fun you don't see that very often from a video game to be honest or at least i don't and done in such a fun way exactly where right it's, it's not like a, a brain teaser kind of thing it's mm-hmm. like in this very like over the top and silly way that ace attorney does mm-hmm. where it, it feels like anime court drama which it is but it, like it absolutely is yeah it's just it's so ridiculous in the way that it presents a lot of things which is just it's so much fun yeah yeah no it's great and like it's also one of those games like why is everyone so attractive why what is I know, going everybody's on hot. yeah everyone's hot <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a problem. Uh, but it's, it's just a fun game to, it feels weird to say that I'm playing Ace Attorney to like wind down, but I Mm -hmm. am definitely playing this game when I'm more tired and not really trying to concentrate a hundred percent about like, okay, what spells have I cast? How many spell slots do I have left? Like what should I take a long rest right now? Do I have enough resources? (laughs) All that management, uh, is gone with this game and it's just, just deal with right in front of you it just feels very simple peaceful in a way and it feels good when you solve it and they give you yeah your uh salutations not salutations but your they lodge you for doing well yeah it always feels nice the uh the investigation part of that game i find very relaxing mm-hmm. where like you're just like at the crime scene essentially just like wandering around yeah and like sometimes the game and i don't know if this is a good or a bad thing but like Sometimes the game will just sort of turn into like, let me just keep going and wandering and talking to people in, until I find the new thing mm-hmm. that I can do or like, hey, I got a new item. Let me go show this to another person to see if they'll like do something with that. Yeah. And so it kind of verges on like the adventure game kind of thing, the point and click adventures, but mm-hmm. just like much more straightforward. Yeah. Which is nice. I, I also played these like as a, as a bedtime game. It's it, mm-hmm. it can be extremely relaxing. No, it feels good. Um, and I think I probably hadn't touched these games before because in my mind, I somewhat equated this game to Trauma Center Under the Knife because it's yeah. lawyers and doctors. They're both <laughs> on the DS. They're both taking a very unique approach to gaming. But yeah. Trauma Center is very, like, stress-inducing. Very stressful. It's a very yeah. stressful game. For anyone who hasn't played Trauma Center, you are essentially an anime surgeon, and every time you are, you know, 
under the knife. You're like tapping the touchscreen on the DS to cut someone up and do a surgery in a specific amount of time. And if you don't do it, then this person dies. Yeah. And it's it's very stressful if you are doing it, which, you know, kudos to them for making it like, I think, achieving what they were going for, which is kind yeah. of like a anxiety inducing experience of okay i have to do this really quick and precise and be surgical about it yeah but phoenix fright is is very different than this Mm -hmm. game uh, or that game i should say so it's 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 been a nice little surprise for me uh i just felt like it was a little gap in my gaming knowledge i wanted to try and like i have a lot of fun with it it's good yeah i i also enjoyed these quite a bit i felt when i played them that i was late to the party Mm -hmm. as well which is bizarre because i think that was like 10 years ago it's been a while, um, more than 10 years, man. Oh, uh, just when I played it the first time. Oh, okay. Was, sure. was in like 2012 or something like that. Mm-hmm. 2011, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But yeah, it's it. I, I feel like these games age quite well because like I enjoyed them then. They didn't feel aged at that point. And like it, you can point to like some of the animation or like maybe it's not exactly 4K or whatever. But like I think the actual like mold of the game still works really well. Absolutely. Where just because it is so simple and doesn't require like cutting edge technology. Yeah. It it works really well and still really fun. It it feels like any of those like kind of procedural crime dramas or something like that yeah. where you're wandering through these like episodes essentially of things happening. It, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it feels like anime Columbo a little bit to me. Yeah. What would be your top desired gamified procedural <laughs> crime drama chase oh my god i might give you mine it's monk it's monk wow okay do you remember monk i sure do remember monk great show anyone who's who has not seen monk is listening it is a show about starring tony shalhoub himself (laughs) where he is a uh former police detective who after i think his wife gets murdered uh Mm -hmm. gets it an onset of like a very severe case of obsessive compulsive disorder Mm -hmm. and then becomes a private eye uh, and solves all sorts of murders. Great. Great show. Great show. I do feel like anime Columbo would be pretty fun. I don't even know what Columbo is. What is Columbo, Chase? (laughs) It's like a, I only know this because of Scout Wilkinson. Oh, pause and claw shout out. (laughs) She at some point explained to me a bunch of her favorite episodes of Columbo. And it's like just a a weird little guy who solves uh, crime. It was like a 1960s (laughs) To 19 uh late 70s your weird little guy again rears his head it sure does uh it's peter falk you, you know peter falk from i actually do not know peter falk have you seen princess bride oh i have yeah he's he's grandpa explaining the story uh okay just a weird little guy who cr- solves crime and he's like kind of a not a dunce but he like presents himself as very like aloof and kind of like mm. absent-minded despite the fact he is totally about to solve this fucking crime sure i like a a real answer is that i honestly would love if i could get a true detective Mm. visual novel because like god i loved that first season it was so fucking good and i feel like you could do a pretty good scary visual novel in the way that like true detective is kind of spooky too kind of spooky i've never seen any true detectives uh you can skip almost all of them but the first season (laughs) is truly truly amazing yeah i remember it was big it was big on the internet at that time. Yeah. It's worth watching. It's very fun. Give it a look. I have also been playing Forza Motorsport. Oh, so have I. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's I get know, into this. I know you've been playing Forza Motorsport <laughs> because I've, I, fi- I fought you, Dragon. You're level six in your, <laughs> in your uh, Supra. Yeah. I beat you. I beat you. I have a Supra in your game? Yeah. I don't own one in mine. <laughs> I know. That's not, that's not your style. 
No, that's not yeah. your style. But this this is the game. I'm really enjoying this one. For for anybody who like isn't up to date with like current Forza Motorsport releases, um, <laughs> this is Forza a, lore. A, yeah, the Forza lore. The Forza. I was gonna say the Forza, but that's just Lorza? the more yeah the the Lorza. Thank you. Forza Motorsport is a like sim racing game that's been out for a while at this point. I think seven was their last like mainline motorsport entry. Uh, and then they started doing horizon, uh, probably 10 years ago or something at this point, Yeah, which is much more arcadey, but motorsport has been like essentially Xbox's answer to Gran Turismo for a while. Uh, but they have dropped the numbering in this one to, to just mm-hmm. be the beat, the base Forza motorsport. And so I think at least yeah, for Luke Kang recreated the universe. <laughs> yeah. Luke Kang started the universe over again <laughs> and said, we're going to race again. <laughs> And yeah, so I, I, I think at least marketing wise, it was selling itself as like, we're starting over again. Here's like the new, the new Forza, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's simulation racing for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Still. It's a sim racer. Yeah. So, so you, you said you, you're enjoying this. I am enjoying it. Yeah. I've had trouble enjoying a lot of sim racers in the past. Probably the one I've enjoyed the most. And that's even still kind of on the side of Arcady was pro- was like Project Gotham Racing, mm-hmm. yeah, way back in the day. And I did enjoy the original. I think I think Forza Motorsport Three. I think mm-hmm. I really liked. But what I really like about this one is that it's really taking a closer look at at thinking. Okay, how can we really turn this into an experience of being a race car driver? Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like, oh, you'd you'd upgrade your car, you'd get new tracks, you'd get new cars, you'd you'd go and drive on on the tracks and and win the races right but this one is really like asking you to okay practice on the track first learn the track and then go and race Mm -hmm. which i don't know i haven't played a lot of forza motorsport recently so Mm -hmm. i don't know if this is something they've already been doing but i do appreciate that they're like okay now you have to do three hot laps learn the track get the an idea of how you're supposed to go around these curves yeah before actually going into the race because that was always one of my big problems with forza was i don't i don't know this track like maybe i would have been able to hit that turn a little bit better if i knew that that was like a hairpin and i didn't have to look at the screen and also look at my tiny little mini map in the corner uh, to do that Uh, and then they also add to this practice round by giving you points to like upgrade your car and upgrade your abilities yeah while you are practicing too so it doesn't feel like it's wasted time Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I I appreciate that about this game. That's kind of the thing that I noticed the most different between other Sims I've played before. Yeah, I, I think that qualifying laps were a thing before, mm. but I don't think that they focused on it in the way that they do in this one. Because, yeah, yeah, you're right. When I was playing it, I, I was getting a similar sense of like the game really wants you to hone in on like getting better at specific parts of tracks. Yeah, the segments. Yes, yeah. They, they Essentially, mm-hmm. there will be little bits of a track where it says like, okay, coming up here is this specific segment. It's like a named thing. It's got, the, all of mm-hmm. them have specific names. Yeah. And it will just start running a, a clock and at any given moment, in the time that you're going around these turns, the clock is either green or red, meaning like you are under or over the time that you are taking at exactly this point the last time you did it. So Mm. it's essentially tracking during this segment, are you doing better or worse than the last time you did it? And so it kind of encourages you to be like a little bit experimental and like, okay, what if I late braked right here and then didn't touch my accelerator and then just coasted through this part of the turn and then hit the gas? Or like, what if I braked really early, 
kind of came to a crawl around this, but then gassed it on the way out or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so you're right that it, it, it encourages a certain amount of like experimentation there. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you say it, it it is talking more about being a race driver. I was thinking about this because like oftentimes these games can feel kind of like not flavorless isn't the right word, but like, yeah, that there's not a lot of external influence. It's like just racing, you know? Yeah. It feels kind of hollow almost like I'm just kind of floating in a void of racing. I don't know (laughs) what to do. In a, in a sim racer. Yes. But I, I do think that there, if, if you're looking at it, there might be some connections to other stuff because I think that a couple of Forza Motorsports and a, a few of the ones like more recently, I feel like you saw the influence of Top Gear really clearly of like mm, really mm-hmm, focusing mm-hmm. on like, uh, you know, a fancy British man explaining to you what the, the car <laughs> is and like, here's where the door is. I'm Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> here's where the door is and the handle. And now we're going to show you a clip of this car going fast. Yeah. And here's the boot. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think that this one, at least I don't know this for sure, but I think this one may be responding a little bit to the popularity of Drive to Survive, that Netflix show. Where oh, the F1 it, show? Yeah, the F1 show where a lot of the focus is on the drivers, is like mm-hmm. kind of the the petty dramas between these people. Hmm. And like, I don't think Forza was ever going to like make a drama out of their story mode, but like, I think it is trying to focus you more on being a driver rather than just like, you're a car and you're going to race, you know, (laughs) I I think, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a different emphasis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think it, it makes me want to come back to the game a little bit more. Yeah. When it, it, it just feels like it kind of personalizes the game a bit, right? They've always felt more like, hey, I'm talking to a car in this mm-hmm. game. Whereas in this one, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I am me driving this car, mm-hmm. at learning these tracks and getting better and trying to beat my own personal times and really experimenting with these turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also like the emphasis on the segments that like for me, someone who like knows really nothing about racing and cars yeah. in general. Yeah. Really lets me know like, okay, this is a very important part of the track that I really need to kind of hone in on. Yeah. And figuring out how to attack it in different ways. And there's a lot of different ways you can do it Mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Right. So I do, I do love that it's for me personally, I'm kind of discovering more of like the puzzle element Mm -hmm. of this game that it's not just, okay, go fast as, as you can. It's okay. Go slow. So you can go fast and break. So you can go fast again, quicker. Yeah which I, which I appreciate. Yeah. It's, it's very fun. I think it's like a, I'm not like a big, I, I, a, I'm not a big sports game guy. I'm also not a big car guy at all. Like same, I just don't care. (laughs) Um, but (laughs) you want your Yaris, right? Yeah. In any of these games, they, (laughs) they almost always start you out in a fucking supercar just for the first race. And I'm like, I don't want Uh this dude. I want the stupid shitty cars. Yeah. Because I like that. I, I like being able to feel like I'm pushing the limits of like what this kind of bad car can do. Like, uh-huh. I feel like I'm not really suited to be driving a Bugatti. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what it's like to push a Bugatti to its limits, really. Yeah. But like, I know what f- driving a Civic feels like. And so it's fun yeah. to try and race something that I know kind of what what it should drive like. I think that a game like this, it is deceptively simple. Racing games are where like... Mm-hmm. If you have a racing sim game and like I think just racing games in general are a very good kind of video game because it is your goal is so obvious. Yeah. You know, like go, go fast, fast and get first. You yeah. know, like yeah. everybody knows what a race is. 
Yeah. And so and like, everybody who's playing these games probably knows how to drive or most of them. Right. Yeah. It's like not an uncommon experience to be a driver in some way or mm-hmm. another. And so like, I, th- I think that there's a broad base of appeal for a lot of racing games. And I think that's why you see a, a lot of arcade games and like why Mario Kart is still so fucking popular mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but I think that racing games, like you were saying, do bring this like puzzle box approach to it. Yeah. Where there's a lot of things to consider. I think Forza does a great job of it's got like great difficulty options where you don't necessarily need to figure all of that out all at once. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had played Assetto Corsa a while back with like my racing wheel, and that game is like, dude, you are in the fucking car. Like yeah. th- this, <laughs> you have to figure out how to drive this mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Don't Whereas, be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Like don't, you can't even hit your brakes that hard because your tires are going to lock up. Like you need to be really intentional about how you are racing versus like Forza just does a great job of simplifying the stuff that like n- normies like myself don't really need to worry about. I've seen some complaints online from like real intense racer heads who are like, I can't even lock up one of my tires individually like i could in the other games i'm like man that is so far away from what i come to these games for yeah yeah same it's it is fun for it to be a little bit more realistic but like i don't need it to be a sim a perfect simulacrum you know yeah i think there's other games that do that like like you said a set of course Corsa, yeah right so that, 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 that does not i didn't even know that was something you could even do or <laughs> with, with, a regular, with a regular car so that's the first <laughs> i've ever heard of that yes. uh, so i mean bummer for those people if they're not getting like what they wanted from this game yeah but it, it does not doesn't do anything for me and i think probably like a vast majority of people who probably are going to play this game yeah i would be willing to bet those numbers are pretty high for the people gonna who say, are going to engage with this yeah i didn't want to guess at like percentages but i'm like like 90 percent probably something like that at it's, least uh more than half i would say is a yeah. pretty safe bet you know like yeah i i think that there are probably people who are really into sim racing that are going to play this but i think that they also probably have found their game and i don't know that it's forza yeah I think like hopefully there are enough people who have played maybe a horizon game or like, I would like to try one like motorsport that is a little bit closer to a sim. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think the stuff that is quote unquote wrong or bad about the driving is going to turn most people off. I think for most people, it's going to feel like, wow, yeah, this is a, like a real racing game. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's unforgiving in the way that a real, a real racing game is Yeah, real in quotations. <laughs> have you been playing with any of the like penalties on while you're racing? I have not. I don't even know what that means. There's like, so there's just an array of difficulty options that you can give yourself in this game. Yeah. A lot of it is like really in the weeds of like, do you want full ABS on or like, how do you want the computer to direct you at all? Like, there, mm-hmm. there, there is a form of this game where you just hit the gas and the, yeah. the game will figure out the rest. Yeah. It's like, you know, it'll turn for you. It'll break for you. But uh-huh. uh, and I, I see that more of like a learning tool than anything else of like, mm-hmm. how would I ideally get around this corner? Or like if I just have no clue how to like pilot this game, turn everything on and see like, what does the AI do here? Or like, what's the yeah. idealized version of racing? But Mm-hmm. So there's all that stuff. There are also you can turn up or turn down the difficulty of the other drivers. So like they mm-hmm. will either be better or worse at driving. Yep. And then also there are, and I think this feels a little bit closer to the drive to survive thing. There's certain penalties that you can decide to observe or not. Mm-hmm. So like if you run into someone, it'll calculate for a second and be like, hey, that was a five second penalty for crashing into that guy. Ooh. 
brutal. Or if you like go off the course, like you just try and uh-huh. cut through a certain part of the map, um, then they'll penalize you for that too. Like in concept, I think I liked that. Like it, it mm-hmm. forces you to drive a little bit more careful because there was a time in Forza where I was just like, oh, there's a guy in front of me. I don't need to break. This I'll is just bumper cars. Yeah, I'll plow yeah. into him and that'll yeah. slow me down enough to get me around the corner. Absolutely. And so it did force you to be like, okay, I'm not going to play like that. I do have to respond to the people around me while I'm turning. But I found like I was oftentimes just staring at the corner to be like, was that a penalty? Um, Because you're bumping into people enough in this one that like, even if you didn't crash into someone, I was always kind of worried that like I would step on someone's toes and get a five second penalty. Mm -hmm. So there's that. You can also start in any position that you want to like in, in, in the lineup, Mm -hmm. or at least that's how it's been for me so far. Like you can, I haven't gone up, but you can start yourself at the back of the pack, which will like give you more points to buy cars and shit, Sure, which is fun. And like, I I think does lead to a a more fun race where it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm clawing my way back from the back of the pack. A, A good overtake always feels nice. That it, it's it's just great yeah like the, the the way that the game feels in that way is is really phenomenal mm-hmm. so yeah they, they have a bunch of ways for to, to kind of tune the game to be what you want it to be which is really neat i really like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i do know that like one of the things that has i i like did feel a little strange about was that it's i think in taking away the numbered portion of this game that they are trying to present it as like the racing platform now so it's, it's kind of similar to how halo dropped the numbering thing and they're like halo infinite's like that's our thing now we're just going to build in halo infinite rather than put out more sequels mm-hmm. and it feels like that's what they're doing here too which like sure for the record i like i don't really mind the idea of that because i i know that they built this game almost from the ground up like yeah. it's got a brand new physics engine it's it's a it feels like here's the next iteration of the series but like i don't know how much more realism we can get you know like mm-hmm. it's it's a racing game it's okay I, I, yeah. I, for me, I just I don't notice the periphery as much anymore. Mm-hmm. The jumps in those games early on in the like racing game series, like the jump from like Gran Turismo yeah. two to three or four or whatever, like that mm-hmm. was huge. It felt really yeah. significant. Whereas like the the differences between each of these games is becoming increasingly smaller. And so I don't think it's that bad of an idea to say like, actually, maybe we just put this one out and like, that's it for a while rather than like trying mm-hmm. to build a whole new game. But all, the the downside is that what that does come with is like, all right, you want to buy the season pass for cars? You want some cool yep. new cars for real money? Yep. And that feels less good. Uh, that that feels less great to me um, because I think a lot of the draw for me of these games is going through, starting with a bad car, working my way up to get more money to be like, wow, I can afford a lot more different kinds of cars mm-hmm. and being able to kind of soak in that is is cool. It's fun to be able to experiment and try different stuff and eventually buy very expensive cars with your hard earned yeah. money. Yeah. And so like I, I know that other Forza Motorsports have had DLC before, but it just feels like they are already positioning themselves to be like. Here's our battle pass or game. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know it's kind of, it's, it's trite and played out to complain about live service shit. Cause like it's here. That's just, that's part of the gaming industry now, but yeah, yeah. It, it still does feel kind of bad to be like, there are a lot of cars locked behind like paid portions mm, of the video game. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. It's, and like, it is ignorable. You don't have to go in there and mess with it. It's not like really in my face about like, check it out but like i did scroll down to the store page to be like how much am i missing out on and it was like yeah there's, mm-hmm. there's cars here there's some stuff yeah. that and a lot of it's like the welcome package there? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think the Yaris is just in the base game. What all you need, re- baby. Yeah, it's true. My my bad little Yaris. So yeah, I, I I think it's it's mixed, but I think if you're a person who just wants to try a racing sim, this game is still exceptional in the way that most of the other ones yeah. have been exceptional. You know, yeah, they're good games. It's it like I I failed to mention this yet, but like I just go to another place when I am doing a racing sim. It mm-hmm. is so nice to just like once you're eyes kind of soften a little bit and you stop watching any individual part of the screen and you're you just kind of like thing yeah yeah you're responding to the field rather than like any individual thing and like it demands enough attention that you can't totally zone out but it also isn't like I'm using the very intense part of my brain that I'm using in Baldur's Gate where you're doing like, okay, if I jump over here, do I have enough spell slots to maybe do this kind of damage? It's just like, just turn, turn good. Yeah, turn good. God, it just sends me to another place, which is so Mm -hmm. nice. I always feel so relaxed when I'm playing these games. It's a nice little flow state. Yeah, which feels silly because it is a game about like going fast and hairpin turns and all that sort of shit. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think once you figure out how the game feels and like what, the game wants you to do it just it feels great which it only builds on itself i've been playing these games for a while now and so like mm-hmm. it feels very natural to come into this one too great i have a very important question for you chase yes what is your preferred camera setting for this game i feel like we may have mentioned this before i think so and, too you and i are both like i don't want to see any of the cam any of the car i want to be i want to be <laughs> the car i want to feel like <laughs> yeah. i am the car i know I talked about how it's fun to be like Okay, I'm the race car driver, but I yeah. want when I'm racing, I want to see as the car sees on the bumper. Ka-chow, dude. Like I, I, I need <laughs> to be the car, chow, baby. <laughs> I am speed. Uh, genuinely, I try. I have tried so many other camera angles because, like, sometimes I'm like, I want to see my car, or even the. I think mm-hmm. the the biggest bummer is that I'm not good at the one inside the car either, because yeah. that's a really cool view. They've done a lot of work to like really recreate the sure interiors man. of these I have cars. To, like, Use the right stick to look in my rear view. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, it's neat, but I'm so much worse in those views. I'm so like, bad. I'm so bad. In in the first person view, I feel like it, I, I know it's not doing this, but it feels like a different game. Like the car controls yeah. differently. But, I think it's because I use the racing line and to yes. follow the racing line correctly when you're in the co- with the driver's seat, yeah. it's going to have to be slightly to the right <laughs> yeah. to be actually like on where you're going. That makes yeah. sense, right? The, yeah, no, the camera when you're in, like you're from the view of like essentially the front bumper is what the one I use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. When you're there, it's just dead center. So like <laughs> you don't really have to worry about like, <laughs> yeah. am I too far over or something? I am a camera with certain abilities that is driving around <laughs> this track right now. It's I, I'm exactly the same. I can't play it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to know very, we're in agreement. Very fun game. <laughs> it's a good one. The last game I've been playing, Chase. Yeah. Is near replicant whoa okay all right okay i downloaded this recently too i haven't played it but i'm so interested to see if this is any any fun any good it is fun i'm enjoying this it is not the same sort of uh at least not yet the same sort of existential story (laughs) that near is yeah but the gameplay is still near automata it still has these grand areas you go into the great music is still there it 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 definitely feels like the predecessor to near automata it's very yeah. good really enjoying it quite a bit just feels so tight when you're yeah. moving around the roll button is so good because you <laughs> lose no speed when you roll in this mm. game i love yeah. that it's so different 
than all of the Soulsborne games I've been playing recently. Yeah. Rolling is a quick, fast, safe option. Feels nice. Still has all of those silly little stories for all of the weapons. You mm-hmm. can upgrade all the weapons. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, sure. it's a great game. The, the near automata combat formula that uh, Platinum Games perfected in that one. Yeah. Still <laughs> still hits. Sorry, my cat just opened up the door with his paw and is looking <laughs> at right at me and it just made me giggle. Uh it still hits. It still it still really holds up. Yeah. And this game is maybe not questioning asking so many large questions like Nier Tomata was, at yeah. least not yet for me for, for how far I am. Yeah. But it's still an engrossing story. I have no same thing as with Baldur's Gate. I have no idea what's going on or where <laughs> this is going to go. Yeah. I know maybe a couple of things because there are some characters that are the same in this game as there are in Nier Automata. And looking at the Nier Automata wiki, I learned some things about this game previously, but was yeah. still so confused about what was actually going on that it made it really makes no difference to my enjoyment of this game. So yeah, it's 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 really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely recommend it for anyone who enjoyed Nier Automata. You're going to get very close to the same experience, at least gameplay mechanic wise. No, Chase, you love the the intense story and meta-ness of yeah. the story. Uh, I don't know if they're going to hit on that in this game, but sure. they're still telling an interesting story, I think. Yeah. I, I think that is what took Nier Automata from like, hey, this is a fun game to like, wow, this is maybe one of the better games I've played. Yeah. At least for me, because I, I can see how like if if what you're there for is the mechanics of it all, like that would translate to other games pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I'd be I'd be interested in playing it or interested in playing it because yeah I would like to see like does it does it hit any of the similar marks mm-hmm. yeah I'll play this game it's good yeah I, I recommend it it's at least well crafted sure at the very yeah. least so yeah having a good time with that interested to see interested to see where the story goes mm-hmm. it is just a fun a fun action 3D action game or a third person action game it's great. sure it's on the PlayStation Plus collection this month I think it is yeah that's why that's why I hit it up. Yeah, it was on my wish list, and they said, "Hey, it's available. It's like, time. Thank you." I will talk about the other end of that PlayStation collection in a few moments. Here. Oh, perfect! And that's all I've been playing this week, Chase. What have you been playing? I've been playing video games. Uh, we already talked about Forza, Great. which is very. Yep. I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Do you want to hear about the other end of PlayStation Plus, or do you want to hear about something totally unrelated? Hit me with the other end of PlayStation Plus first, and then give me something totally different. All right. So I have been playing this game called The Callisto Protocol. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. This is a game called uh made by this uh company called striking distance studios Mm -hmm. um, which is a fairly new uh set of folks working on this it was headed up by glenn Schofield, i think is how you say his last name Mm -hmm. who is the series creator of dead space Mm. i i mentioned that only because like the game callisto protocol like if you play it you will feel that you will feel the influence there because it is very very spiritual successor yes yeah no it's very much considered that um, which I didn't really know going into it. I was, I kind of oh. just was like, oh yeah, I heard this was a video game. It's a scary game <laughs> with Josh Duhamel. Yeah, no, definitely just fully Josh Duhamel is in this video game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a, a little bit of background. Like I said, I, I had very little context on this game other than I heard it was okay. Like mm-hmm. that was most of my con, like my context for it. And so I was interested to be like, all right, wh- why? Cause that's usually more interesting to me than like, you know, everybody saying that like one game is perfect. Cause like, yeah, it's great. Sure. It's amazing. Um, but I did want to dig into like what, what was going on with Callisto protocol that it was reviewed. Like it was all over the place. Some people really liked it. Some people like gave it like, you know, five out of tens, like very, very mixed mm-hmm. reviews. 
Mm. And I also did see that part of those reviews were about performance, which it's been a little while since this game came out. And I think that they have resolved most of those, at least on PlayStation 5. Sure. I, did, I didn't run into anything that was like, you know, huge frame rate drops or like any, any sort of performance issues. So I think most gotcha. of that's ironed out completely. Essentially, the game starts and you are hauling something in space. Hmm. As as Josh Jamal, uh, a, a character, <laughs> he's playing a guy named Jacob Lee, and shit falls apart, and you crash land onto the Jovian moon Callisto, and there's like a prison there, and Jacob is taken in, and he's like, "Hey, I didn't do anything wrong," and they're like, "Yeah, but you're a prisoner now. You come to the prison." So like a little bit of Chronicles of Riddick in the way that it starts out, like in a prison, which you know I like that. That's cool. Does a lot less of establishing Riddick. like what is it like to live in space prison as chronicles of riddick did because mm. almost immediately shit b- falls apart you like get there you get implanted with like your health meter essentially it's like a, a thing that goes in the back of your neck so like you can have prison powers <laughs> prison, but prison powers it's like it eventually yeah it, it's your health bar that's like that's sure. what it is yeah again very similar to dead space in the way that like the menus are all kind of part of the real world and that like on mm-hmm. the back of Isaac in dead space, you can see his health kind of up and down his spine. Whereas in Jacob, it's like a horizontal net meter on his neck. So, uh, mm-hmm. v- very similar. Anyway, you show up and like it just immediately shit falls apart. Everybody's getting attacked by something, some, some bad guys. It's like, <laughs> it, again, it could just be the necromorphs from dead space. Yeah. But like zombie guys, you know, they're turning prisoners into monsters that attack each other and kill each other. And you have to uh, essentially try and get out of there. Sure. Which is the setup for the game. Prison escape with space zombies. Yeah, pretty much. Again, if you played Dead Space, you probably know what's what's going on in this one. Yeah. And like, I think that is that is at least for me experiencing it. Part of the nuance of this game is that like when I was firing it up, I was like, yeah, this is Dead Space, (laughs) you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like this, like, hey, we're taking a new swing or here's this new series that we're making. It's just like it, it felt like they wanted to just do Dead Space again. And they did that. It is not quite as like limb breaky. That's not as important of a thing. It, sure. You can like knock people's arms off while you're fighting them, but it's not like you're shooting limbs off specifically like you are in Dead yeah, Space. The strategic dismemberment or whatever it was. It, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The the combat is very strange. It's essentially hmm. this like uh, for, for the first part of the game a lot of the way that you engage in combat is through melee like you have like a pipe that you pick up oh. and you fight that way and the way that the enemies will come at you is they will usually come up and try and throw a punch at you and what you have to do typically if you want to like fight without taking much damage is that you have to dodge out of the way of them either left or right not like a dark souls dodge where you're like moving away or like uh, you mm-hmm. know in a specific direction it's literally just left or right and so yeah. if you do that you then a click the step uh, yes, uh, but then you immediately click the other direction to do like the other way dodge because they're coming in with their other hand. Sure. And then typically that leaves them open for like a hit. So you're like boxing with these space zombies? Exactly. No, that's what I was thinking is like, it feels like there's an influence of like a fighting game here. Or like, you remember the Fight Night games way back when where like, yeah, you're controlling your body a little bit more specifically. Uh huh. It felt like that at first. And I was like, man, I can't wait to see like how they change that up, because I do think that that is an interesting idea, like having the influence of like fighting games in a third person shooter. I'm like, yeah, that's novel. And I haven't really seen that done before. Mm hmm. But it really doesn't iterate much from there. Like pretty much every person you run into, you just hold left as they're coming up to you. They throw a punch, you dodge right, and maybe you dodge left one more time and then you hit them with the pipe. 
And that's like most most of the combat for the first little while. You eventually mm-hmm. do get more stuff to fight people with. Again, very Dead Space stuff, right? Like you get a, an ability to kind of like pick people up in the air and throw them a little bit. So there's those like almost telekinetic abilities that you get like in Dead Space. Yep. Which does add a little bit of interesting stuff there. And like, obviously it's a survival horror game. So they're not giving you that much ammo for any of the guns. So you do kind of have to be a little bit creative with how you're fighting these people. But it, it yeah, it, it just doesn't ever like feel like, wow, that was an amazing fight that I just got in. Sure. It's just like, yeah, I dodge left, dodge right, hit him with the pipe. And then now it's done. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, I feel like it's I I was thinking about like how in Mario games that really frequently something you'll see is like they'll introduce a mechanic and then for the rest of the level, they're just sort of riffing on that mechanic Mm -hmm. of like, you know, what does it mean to have this kind of jump in this circumstance or another uh, jump in a different circumstance or anything like that? And so your brain's constantly looking at something ahead of you, thinking about what you have and then being like, okay, what's going to happen up there? How do I expect this to work or anything like that? And I think the, the joy of a lot of Mario games is that they allow you to experience that stuff. And oftentimes they're, they're just made so masterfully that like, sometimes you will know how something is going to act before you even get there. Sure. Like, oh, I've got the, the, the cat upgrade and I know I can climb on walls. I bet I can climb this specific wall to do this thing, you know, like, yeah, they're just so good like that. And so it, it just felt like I was, I was wanting for them to iterate on it and be like, well, how do I, how do I fight somebody who has three arms or something like that? Or mm-hmm. somebody who only has a left arm? Do I just keep dodging around them? Or like, how does that work <laughs> to, to that extent? But it's, it, it doesn't really play out like that. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place for the combat. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of started playing differently of like, I'm just going to use the gun more. I'm going to use the telekinesis more. Um, and I'll use the, the pipe stuff whenever I am in a bad situation. Yeah. Something I, I, I did want to bring up because like, it's hard not to think about Dead Space while you're playing this game. And especially mm-hmm. because like the Dead Space remake came out this year and I played it this year and really liked it. To me, a lot of Dead Space when I was replaying the remake felt incredibly current and like, wow, this doesn't feel like a game from 2010 or whatever, you know, like, yeah, it feels pretty novel and, and urgent in the way that like a game that comes out this year does. Mm hmm. And I think that part of the reasoning for that, and I may not have noted at the time, but like at least my own appreciation of it was that they did, they went to such lengths to make that map feel connected in in the Dead Space remake, because before it was much more linear in the way that you were playing out through the level and like how you get got around the space station. Whereas they, they went a little bit farther to help or, or, or to make it closer to like a Metroidvania thing where you were getting different powers so that you could go back to other places and unlock different stuff. And eventually you could like really go around the space station in different places. And I, I feel like that made it feel very new and like refreshed. And that doesn't happen in the Callisto Protocol. It is very linear, right? Like mm-hmm. very few choices you have to make as far as where to go. And so I think it's putting more of an emphasis on these like but set piece moments. Sure. Where it's like you enter into a room and kind of the the fun of the room is like, what's going to happen in here? You know? Yeah. And sometimes that is fun. Sometimes it's it's spooky and scary and like, you know, weird stuff is happening. I will say that like, this is not a very scary game <laughs> to me in the, same, sure. in the same way that Dead Space wasn't particularly scary. Uh-huh. It is unnerving a lot of the time of like, mm. ugh, that's gross um, or sure. anything like that. Nasty. But I, I, I just feel like in, in this game and in Dead Space 2... I kind of know what's coming or at the very least, I feel like I have power to fight it. Mm -hmm. I feel like most of the times that I feel genuinely scared in horror games is when they take away my sense of powerfulness or my, my sense that I can do anything against this enemy, you know? 
Sure. In in Resident Evil 4, right? The the scariest stuff to me was the chainsaw guy because like he's going to kill me if I get close enough to him, if yeah. I let him get close enough. Like, yeah. That power imbalance was really scary. Mm-hmm. But they balanced it in a way where I felt like I usually had the tools to get away, but it was very frightening whenever like, oh my God, he's just down the stairs. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yep. Versus Lurking. like, yeah. Whereas like sometimes one, one hit kills can be like, well, that was a little ridiculous, but mm-hmm. they, they tuned him to the point where he is big and slow, but still so scary. Yeah. I just don't really experience that in this game. Like usually I'm just like, yeah, it's a bad guy. I'm going to fight the bad guy. And so it, it, it more starts to feel like kind of a pulpy sci-fi horror where like the point of it is not to be genuinely horrifying, but just sort of like, well, these are the tropes of horror in space and like that's that's okay like i don't i don't need it to be like a groundbreaking horrifying experience you know yeah Um, it it can be fine to just kind of be like icky and gross and that's fun right Mm -hmm. it's it's a scary game and that's okay i think in the way that dead space is very influenced by like alien and stuff like that so is this game i think you get that like cold space capitalist vibe in the same way that you do in sure. alien and also in dead space right yeah the, is, is, i think the spaceship in the dead space is ishimura I'm yeah pretty sure that's, and that's like right. it all feels like it's kind of in the alien canon mm-hmm. and and so does this one right where like there are these horrifying monsters that are tracking you around like kind of a spacey area and you get this like kind of cold metallic setup for a lot of the areas that you're in, similar to Alien. A lot of the time, the enemies, at least to the other people, are totally deadly and nobody can get away from them, despite like, you know, Josh Jamal's just fucking cutting through these dudes like it's nothing. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it, a monster. I, <laughs> I think you do get kind of a, a similar vibe from from the tone that they're setting here, which I, I'd like. Listen, man, I like Alien. I'm I'm not going to say no to more Alien. Sure. I think that that's really good. But I, I think the thing that I, I left this game with feeling was just like, this feels like a PlayStation 3 game in a lot of ways. Whoa. N- not in a way that I find is like, ew, terrible video game, but just like uh-huh. it is so focused on mechanics over like more interesting narrative or like kind of modern game design heuristics, right? Like it's not trying to be a Metroidvania or anything like mm-hmm. that because it's in. It's just like, no, we're going to be fucking dead space. And <laughs> that's like the thing yeah. we're trying to do. And so like, you know, I, I think the a lot of the people's reactions to that are going to depend on how OK you are with a game being very focused on the mechanical experience of playing it and not being a a groundbreaking experience. You know, mm-hmm. I, I it's it is not the exciting combat of a lot of other like more modern combat games it is not a wildly interesting narrative it's not talking about cycles of violence or something like near automata you know yep uh it's not doing a lot of the stuff that in more recent years games have been experimenting with and i think pushing the genre in a lot of ways that are interesting it's mm-hmm. just like yeah we're, we're pulpy horror sci-fi and that's that's the thing we're doing so i i think if if you like that you will enjoy this i had a good time playing through this mm-hmm. game just like yeah yeah, that's fun shooting bad guys you know like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's fun to do that i think the voice acting is very silly and very over the top but like still pretty fun i will say the facial animation is like god damn that really looks like a lot of the people who are in like acting in this game Mm -hmm. so that's all very cool whenever they do a uh, a cutscene to be like yeah that's neat i like that so yeah close to a protocol it's on the playstation plus collection if you're interested at all i would try to see like hey is this something i'm interested in um yeah. but i will say that for for my money i sort of prefer the direction that the dead space remake went in but i gotcha. don't think that invalidates this experience i think they're just different sure you're saying sounds like this one's more stuck in the past than the remake almost yeah i i i, I think it is intentionally going for that era of games Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's it it reads to me now as a little bit less novel than sure. than even the remake does because I think the remake and the even uh, I mean especially the Resident Evil Four remake they're they're trying new things to be like oh, okay here's the base of that video game what things are we going to change now to make it just a little bit more interesting right mm-hmm. I think for me at least the the thing that Dead Space did the the remake did was change the map to be like a more open experience and obviously gotcha. Isaac is talking in that one so he's does there. he really yeah in the remake he's he's oh, I he's didn't voice know that. acted oh the uh, well because in the other games he's like chatting it up plenty and then just weirdly in the first one he didn't talk and so like I think just like narratively it's like yeah he he knows how to talk he knows how he to is speak. a human yes. yeah. That's funny. You know, to, to varying degrees of success. I've heard some people like it, some people didn't. I kind of just didn't notice it. He was talking. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. He is a human being. He talks. Yep. Anyway, the other game that is totally unrelated, it's called Astria Six-Sided Oracles. Oh, cool. This is a game that I've been playing on Steam Deck. Very good Steam Deck game, I will say. Great. It's this com- er, a game made by Little Leo Games, and it is a dice building roguelike david a dice building roguelike <laughs> you build out you you get new dice yes so whoa this is a new this is a new spin on the formula for chase he is excited. fresh fresh hot new spin i'm very excited about this one so th- it is very similar in a lot of ways to a deck building roguelike a game that mm-hmm. i'm or a series a genre that i am a, a sicko for i love Almost all of them in their yes. own way. I think a lot of that genre orbits around Slay the Spire in a lot yeah. of ways. Like mm-hmm. at, at least shortly after Slay the Spire, I, I feel like you saw a lot of games that are like, I pretty much just want to make that game, but I want to introduce a few new twists on the cards, right? Yeah. Or I, I want to make one that is a little bit more narrative focused, like Griftlands, or want to do it a little bit more like monster focused, like Monster Train. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have the sort of like multi-level stuff to make it a little bit more interesting there. But like, I I think for a little while it was like everybody was just so excited about like, what can this genre do that it was like, let's just make a bunch of deck building games. And I like love that for the record. There's a lot of those games I'm just crazy about. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of wondering, like, what what's the next thing that's going to happen in this genre? Because it's very popular. It's it's a series or a kind of game that I'm not going to say is easy to make, but it is. I feel like the requirements of how you build it are very different than, yeah. like, say, a God of War or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I think a lot of what you're looking for is balance between cards, is the mm-hmm. novelty of the kind of mechanics that you're introducing, the 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 variety that you're able to bring to these kind of games. And so it's it's just a very different consideration than the, like, you know, building a giant AAA video game. I was really stoked about Dicey Dungeons, the game that came out mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, because that felt like this is pretty different than what's going on. And I, I do see a connection between this and uh, Dicey Dungeons, Astria and uh, Dicey Dungeons. Um, so let me explain like kind of how the game works. Let's hear it. You will pick a character in the beginning and they will have a certain set of like base dice that you're able to start with. And the way that the game, the like individual like levels work is that you are constantly trying to manage this corruption and and purification essentially that you will come into a level and there will be a bad guy across from you and they will have like a certain amount of corruption which is essentially their health pool mm-hmm. so like you have to purify that health pool to turn them back from this like kind of rot that has infected them gotcha so if you show up they'll have like 30 corruption on them and you have to purify that they also typically have another bar below them which manages their over corruption meaning like if they take a certain amount of corruption damage which is something that happens in this game um then they will 
quote unquote, overcorrupt and like some kind of attack will happen. So that's something you kind of have to manage while you're playing. But the way you interact with this is that right at the beginning, you roll any of the dice that are in your deck, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. And you will get to then take any of those actions that show up from a dice. A very basic example is that like you roll a dice and it says you can do three purification damage, right? Straightforward stuff. But I, I think the interesting thing about this game and what it a lot of the core of it is based around is that these dice all have different things on the different sides or or mm. some of them might be similar but it's like a certain dice will say okay on four of the sides of this dice it does three purification damage on two of them it does corruption damage to me so like oh. it it is this like risk reward sure of like i want to roll these and hopefully i get the thing that i want to and a lot of how you engage with the game is either managing or mitigating that risk and mm -hmm. how much you're willing to sort of like take on right because the game is constantly offering you after you fight somebody you can take set of yeah, any any one of three dice usually yeah at the bottom it'll say like this is more of a balanced dice where three of the options are good or this one is a safe sure. dice where most okay. of them are good but maybe the effect isn't as great right like it, all of them do purification damage but it only does two or something like that whereas mm -hmm. you can take a riskier dice where it maybe it does 10 purification damage but that's only on one side of the dice the rest are all like it does corruption damage to yourself gotcha or to the enemy right which will yeah you have to balance again because if they overcorrupt, then you'll they'll attack you. Mm -hmm. If you take enough corruption damage, you will lose a heart, and then if you lose three hearts, you die, and the run is over. And so it, it it's just this really interesting give and take of like trying to see like how far can I push this without being totally risky and not working at all. There, there's also like little powers that you can engage with depending on what character you have that either like, hey, you can re-roll a dice or um, you can discard a dice if one that's like, you, you, meaning you like you could take on something super risky and if it comes up, then you'd be like, all right, let me just discard that because I didn't get the result I wanted. Uh -huh. And so it's really novel. I, I find this game like really interesting and really fascinating and like there are so many parts of this game and I, I know that like it it initially sounds very complicated and kind of mm -hmm. hard to figure out but like once you start playing it's like I, I know what's happening here like this is not that bad they start you very slow and start introducing like okay if you want to play another character here's a bunch of other things that could be on the dice that you could mm -hmm. engage with right like one of the ones I got yesterday was this mechanic uh, called wave Ooh. where you apply a certain amount of wave to any character and then once they die that wave splashes out and does that amount of purification damage to everybody else great so like if you had 10 wave then they'll sort of blow up when they die and then do it 10 10 purification to the enemies and then also to you so you recover a bunch of health <laughs> so uh, all that stuff is just really interesting it's really fun to see like how are how all these things interact with one another yeah i think it is it feels incredibly intelligent the way that they have made this game yeah and and feels like a genuine iteration on what slay the spyro was doing hmm. I, I i like i said i think that i love to play any game that plays almost anything like slay the spire <laughs> but I, I i was pretty interested in like what's next and it feels this feels like something that is next right mm-hmm it it ju it just feels so in intelligent and cool and fun and like I am very excited to try all of the different characters and get different uh, dice and see how far it can go. Again, it's structured very similar to Slay the Spire, where you're just kind of walking through levels, um, choosing like, all right, I fought this guy. Now I can either go pick from a few new dice or go to a shop to upgrade my like helper sentinels that are a thing. 
mm-hmm. or anything like that. And so the the actual like architecture of the the way that the game plays out is very familiar. But it, mm-hmm. it's just these like battles that play out so very differently than a deck building roguelike, but in a way that feels like this is still in the same genre. Yeah, it's really great. I, I think it's like a very good game. Not to mention, like, the art style is very cool. It's got this, like, kind of look like everything is on this, like, old school, like, star map almost. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, like, it, it, it looks all like it's being charted on, like, a celestial map, sort of. Yeah. So you've got this, like, influence of the stars kind of happening, which is Ooh. it's just very neat. I, I find the, the visual style pretty unique in a way that you i love the stars really, yeah yeah love the stars very cool it like the game also makes really great use of the like contrast between like the colors red and blue it very much represents corruption as red and uh purification as blue and so you'll see those colors come up a lot uh which i i, I just think they make very good use of it and I like just thematically, I think it's neat that the game is not about wandering through different layers of beasts and monsters and killing them all, but rather like coming to a place that is diseased and blighted and trying to cure that disease, right? You're, you're purifying illness a lot of the time as you're walking through mm-hmm. from these monsters who have essentially gone insane from the corruption, Sure, which is neat. Like it's, you know, just, I, I think that that's a cool, a cool difference rather than just like going to fucking hit you with my sword, dude. It's yeah. Like, purifying I'm, instead of killing yes yeah it's neat so yeah I, I i think this is an amazing game it feels so novel and cool yeah it's great i'm really enjoying it awesome i have very little bad things to say about it yeah it seems like you're you're really into this one yeah it's very fun um it seems like there's just so much depth that i've even yet to get to so gonna keep playing it great before dice bed builders game. deck builders yeah. are so last week it's yeah all about dice builders it's now. about dice builders now baby Anyway, David, this will bring me to my podtimistic thing of the week. Yeah, what is it? My podtimistic thing of the week is specifically Spider-Man, the animated series, parentheses, Genesis music, dash, funhouse. <laughs> what? <laughs> there are fewer things funnier to me than kind of bad music. Uh-huh. So let's take a listen to this one. Uh, sure, let's hear it. This thing is stinking, but I love it. <laughs> what is the what are the noises yes, in the background? Yes, you're asking the correct questions. What's going on back there? <laughs> All the sound effects are so crunchy in this song. Yeah. But like a good twang. And deaf on the on the on the stand up bass that they have. Yes. <laughs> it just is unrelenting in the shit that it's throwing at you. Unrelenting and unhinged. Very yes. spooky. Good for the season. Oh man, so spooky. <laughs> what is what is going on in this level where this is happening? You're in a fun house. I'm Apparently, guessing. it's fun house. Anyway, repeating. Uh, wow. How did you find this? I, I don't know. It got kind of, it made the rounds on the internet last week for whatever reason. Hard to listen to. Just like nothing but chromatic scales in there. The bum, 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 nothing the whole way through. Uh, oh, man. I, I it, it swerves when I think it's going to swang. And it's, it's just so good. I, I really, really love how kind of tough that song is. I, I was I was grooving to it. I yeah. felt it. 
I felt like I was in the fun house of horrors. <laughs> uh, it's great. And you, you just like the, the weird sound effects that are being used as instruments in this are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What a joy. What a treat. <laughs> anyway, fun house. Spider-Man. I loved it. I listened to it uh-huh. and laughed a lot about that. Um, David, do you have something feeling your sense of podthamism? I still confused how you found this. <laughs> Just like searching YouTube or the internet, kind of bad video game music, yeah. Sega Genesis era. I think it came up on like Twitter or something. I think I saw it posted there where like somebody had done like a, uh, we've, uh, a group of people voted on the worst video game music and this was one mm. of the winners. Not a bad choice. It's a tough a listen. Choice. And I like it's that. Tough listen. It's very yeah. good. I do, I do have something feeling my optimism for the week, Chase. Yeah. It is a good zoom out. A good zoom out. Tell me more. Yeah. So I really enjoy it when I'm playing a a third person game and I'm running along corridor and then all of a sudden, or or a bridge, I'll say in this specific instance, and then it just starts zooming out Mm. and zooming out and zooming out. And I'm still moving. I'm still going through the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just see this huge level just before you, just like grand, grand, grandiosely. Yeah. I don't even know that's a word. Presenting what you're about to enter. Yeah, uh, I love that. They do that a lot in Near Replicant. And they sure. did that a lot in Near Automata, Automata as well, yeah. if I remember correctly. They definitely played with perspective in Automata in the same way. A- absolutely, and I think they've done it in other uh, 3D action games that I enjoy. Like I think they do it quite a bit in God of War, the original mm-hmm. trilogy as well. Yeah, uh, it always just makes. I, I love a good sense of scale, and I think yeah. that's a really nice way of reminding you, like, okay, yeah, I know that you're like really zoomed in behind your character most of the time, but if you zoom out, like, look at this beautiful area. How mysterious this is! What is <laughs> awaiting you here? Uh, it just starts ask. It, it asks all of those questions to me when that happens, and I, I just love that anticipation of like, okay, they're really making this stand out right now. So let's see what they got planned for me going in here. Absolutely. I think Shadow of the Colossus did this a little bit. I think not to the same effect, but like yes, the the camera definitely wanted to be in specific places sometimes. Yeah, so yes, <laughs> it sometimes was, it would go out into space. <laughs> but but some of it was artistic, where they're like trying to frame you in a certain way, or even yes. when it like zooms yeah. out from the fight a little bit to show you like, look at how fucking big this thing is that you're fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, yeah, it always feels good to get a good sense of scale. Yeah. I think the zoom out is great at doing. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to just keep running and moving around when it's, I'm so far away and just like a little ant <laughs> down yeah. there. Yeah. It's great. Absolutely. I'm with you. Well, hey, do you want to move on to our main thing? Let's do it. All right, cool. Hey, welcome to Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear and, uh, gosh, all the things that we love about them. Let me let me just shift into spooky mode real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In in the futures, play some spooky sounds right here. Yeah, beautiful bats and stuff, lightning strike. Yeah, organ, organ. The organ is a really critical part of the spooky vibe. I feel like absolutely. Once you the know? organ starts hitting, everyone knows what's up. Once, uh, yeah, the bats are flying. You get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this time. We're doing another spooky game because that's what we do for the month. Usually we've done, uh, I feel like I have very fond memories of this, this time period of the podcast every year. Sister, you love Sniffer Man. So I love Sniffer Man. Uh, <laughs> Silent Hill 2 we played last year, which is just like actually an incredible video game. Yeah. Uh, d- played Dino Crisis. I forgot about that. Oh, Dino Crisis. That was very good. So yeah, I just, it's fun, man. I like, I mm-hmm. like to do it. And so I was, I was looking around like, Hey, what, what other spooky games can we play? And mm-hmm. one that popped up was this game called Galarians. Never heard of it. Neither had I. 
And like, mm-hmm. I was shocked by that information because I feel like I am, I am abreast of most like spooky, scary PS one games. And this one, I, yeah. I was like, I've never seen this before. Not at, not at any point. Mm-hmm. So that was a joy. I was excited to play it because <laughs> it, it definitely looks like a PlayStation one scary game. It sure does. So with that, can I hit you with a few hot stats about Galarians, David? Please. Hot stats. Hot stats. All right. So it came out April 14th of 2000. So like almost towards the end of that there ps1 life really near the end yeah yeah we're closing in on ps2 launch day mm-hmm. it was made by this company called polygon magic mm. uh which you may know who also made incredible crisis i think is their their biggest video game mm. uh but then also street golfer you got disney sports basketball slap happy rhythm busters <laughs> and <laughs> my goodness and silent hill the arcade wow yeah i didn't know there was a silent hill video game for the arcade I w- I would play Street Golfer. That sounds fun. Yeah, Street Golfer does sound interesting. I want. I would like to know what that is. It's in the title. I'm surprised I didn't believe them, but you are <laughs> golfing in the street. <laughs> Imagine it's like NFL or NBA Street or NFL Street. It's a little less st- street street influenced. It's a lot of just golfing in the street. Mm, so not like not like the streets. It's like on a street. On a street. Yes. Yes. The okay. YouTube comments are are exactly what I just felt. Everybody's like, "Looks nice to me," or. I would like this game. <laughs> Very amazing. So, uh, yeah, I do have a review from the outlet Quebec Gamers, uh, which <laughs> reviews video games. It's <laughs> which was strong political body, Quebec Gamers. <laughs> they originally re- reviewed this in French. I took their review. I ran it through Google Translate a number of times, eventually arriving back in English to get an artist interpretation of their review, which I'll read for you now, David. Let's hear it. I really like Galarian, a small survival game with a unique men. Although it's not in the same genre as Bad Resident, Problem Dino, and Pre-Insect, it's still a great game for fans of the genre. The second and third time I played this game, I fell in love. Also, the biggest reward you get for finishing the game is that if your AP gets too high, you can play again later and kill more bad. If you're looking for survival <laughs> horror, highly recommend this. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, it doesn't come cheap. And they gave that a set 78%. Problem Dino is really funny to me. <laughs> They're all good. Bad Resident, Problem Bad Dino, Resident. and Pre-Insect, which I I had to look up, was Parasite Eve. Was ah, the one. you're fa- <laughs> pre it's parasite eve <laughs> oh yeah they're not wrong mm-hmm. problem um, dino yeah. problem Pro- problem dino <laughs> problem comma dino dino david could you tell me what galarians is yeah galarians is a fixed camera point survival horror action yep. game where you take the role of ryan Mm-hmm. who is a mysterious young boy who looks like the lead singer for your favorite emo band, for yeah, sure. He does have a little my cam going on. Oh, absolutely. Who wakes up in a hospital in the far future. It's like the year 2500 or something like that. Yeah, it's very far in the future. Yeah, after being uh, experimented on, clearly. Uh, and he essentially gets injected with chemicals that turn him into a... a uh, telepath of some sort mm-hmm. uh, but not just a telepath but like all all the different types of te- like telekinetic powers combined so yeah 
telepathy. He can he has telekinetic abilities. He can set things on fire. He does all sorts of things. Can see things, right? Mm-hmm. And so pretty much you are busting out of this place as Ryan with your beautiful tank controls, by the way, trying to open doors with key cards, replacing fuses, getting new powers and power ups. Uh, and kind of trying to figure out who you are and where you came from and what the heck is going on. Yes. Yeah. 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 You got it. That's it. That's it, baby. How do you, how do you feel about this game, David? Uh, I enjoyed it a little bit more than I thought I would. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of the fixed camera setting in games, but I do feel like going back to it as an adult, I have a, a different appreciation for it, mm-hmm. a better ability to navigate the worlds as well. Um, especially yeah. once you find out there's a button that just lets you run. And then instead of it being like tank controls, it's just kind of like a weird slot car man <laughs> yeah. that you're kind of a, a bringing around the track mm-hmm. so and I, and I did really enjoy the the powers in the game i'm kind of a sucker for you know psychic powers in games i've always liked that trope and that style of game yeah yeah from like psyops to control i've always i've always enjoyed it so putting it into a survival horror game was kind of right up my alley yeah uh, as far as i'm concerned and i did enjoy just the wacky wild story and setting Yes. <laughs> and of course, loved the uh, impeccable voice acting that that came with. Oh my God, dude. Which was so, so good. So good. <laughs> yeah, it is my otherworldly. <laughs> Just, was it uh, Professor Lem? Dr. Lem? Yeah. Dr. It, Lem. It like starts to approach like House of the Dead levels of delivery for some of these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. There's like, was this like a guy on the, on the dev team who was just like, all right, you're Dr. I, I know Lem, how let's to, do it. I know how to deliver lines. Yeah. He yeah. does the best Dr. Lem impression in the office. Let's give him the job. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. The, the voice acting was like, I hesitate to say bad, but like different. It doesn't sound like how humans yes. speak to me. <laughs> no. Which no. Uh, for this game, I'm totally cool with. Again, I, We've talked about how the visual style of Silent Hill 1 especially like kind of added to the terror because it has this like grotesqueness to how it represents people, uh-huh. not in like the gory parts, but just like the way Harry even looks normally. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that's not what a human looks like at all. And so in its like yeah. simplistic imitation of humanity, it's it's very like scary and it's just on the surface of it. Yeah. And like I like I'm not gonna try and stand here and say like all big brain that like actually bad dialogue helps the horror. But I do think mm-hmm. it adds to the vibe in a certain sense that like it it does feel kind of like oof, this is unsettling in a certain way. <laughs> I think it cuts the tension. I think personally yes. for yeah, me, yeah, like yeah. if I'm if I'm looking at this and comparing it to like a B movie, yes. horror movie, it reminds you that this is not reality. Yeah, yeah. In a specific way that makes the scary stuff enjoyable and not just like grotesque or terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. It lets you it lets you get into that mind space of like, okay, this is just kind of they're just having a, a, a laugh about it. Really. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why the not so well done voice acting works for these types of games. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a, a, a little bit of a breather in between the tension. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally true. There's, I feel like there's kind of a lot to talk about with this one. Mm-hmm. I, I, and just on the top, I, I do want to say that like, so one of the, the ways that you can interact with this game is that you can press Y or triangle or whatever mm-hmm. against a lot of like doors and that will use your like maybe foresight or something. Precognitive abilities. Yeah. To essentially see if a door is locked, how do I open it? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it will just show you like a still image of like a different room, mm-hmm. which either will show you like that's where you get the key or that's where you hit a button to unlock 
unlock that door. Yeah. And I think that that's actually a pretty interesting solve for the kind of stuff that Resident Evil was doing back in the day where like you just have a big like labyrinth that you're wandering through and a lot of the challenge of the game is just figuring out like what key to what door do I have right now? Yeah. And let me go like wander through these like levels to figure out how to get through it. I think that that's, that's a pretty cool way of swerving on that a little bit to make it less of like I just genuinely don't know what to do and more of like let me wander around and see what looks familiar to that like scene I saw and that will clue me into like am I even supposed to be able to get through here yet or not because like Mm -hmm. if you've seen the thing that it shows you in that still scene then you're like okay maybe I missed something or if it's like I definitely have not been there then like I'm probably not meant to be through here yet yeah which is cool I I think that was a pretty novel way to do it the (laughs) the powers that you have in this one are all pretty wild one of them is like I think Nalcon I think is the the thing that it calls it which is like essentially just like a a blast you like shoot somebody back a little bit Mm -hmm. that one's fun I love that the firepower is just called red Red. (laughs) so funny red Uh, like fire right you get it (laughs) everything is such a scientific name and then they're like and this one that's red that's our power (laughs) right yeah everything else was like trying to be like pseudo-scientific chemical something but then this was like red just red (laughs) that's the cool flavor power red <laughs> yeah i really love that strawberry or cherry or something i don't know no nah, man red Maybe raspberry <laughs> and then the other sort of power that you have initially is that if you if your ap bar is like at max then rion goes into like kind of i don't know like overdrive or like he gets overstimulated or something and he starts kind mm-hmm. of like crackling with electric energy and you also move incredibly slowly yeah and if you come Yes. Yeah. Shorting is what they call it. You're right. Mm hmm. And if you even come near anybody, they essentially just die. Like they, they kind of like blow up essentially. Mm-hmm. It feels like they saw Akira and were like, I would like to also do an Akira. It's yeah. like it, that seems very similar to that scene in Akira where like, I think it's Tetsuo is like leaving the hospital and he just like mm-hmm. waves at some doctors and they just sort of like disappear into mist. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of that. The way that you stop that power though, is you have to take a pill mm. and that took me a while to figure out. I just sort of wandered oh. around and then died. And then I was like, wait, what? How do, like, how was I supposed to fix that? Yeah. No, you told me about that, that you have to take a pill of some sort. I was like, okay, I got to take my Delmator. Yes, that's what they call it. I think all those powers are pretty fun. It like it does offer a little bit of variety compared to a lot of the survival horror, which is usually a gun. Usually your your weapon is a gun in these games, mm-hmm. but it is interesting to like have to fight people with a push or a fire, a red. Yeah, yeah. And you have to like charge it up too. Yes, yeah. So the, there is a little bit of like give and take of like, do I have enough time mm-hmm. to charge this before they attack me? Yeah, but thankfully the cops or the a security guards, they walk like RoboCop. You know, oh, they're so slow. slow, so bad at fighting. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I, I typically did not find the combat in this particularly challenging. There Same. are enemies that a little bit later you do kind of have to like hammer on a little bit. Like the, mm-hmm. I, there was a robot that I ran into that was kind of challenging to hit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like oh, overall, I was like, eh, it's just fine. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. The character of Ryan himself, I thought was was fun. Yeah, yeah. Definitely tropey in that he's like, for sure. Who, who am I? <laughs> I love whenever you run into a mirror. <laughs> a that's mirror. the like, that's the line of dialogue. Where who am I? Yeah, every every time. So I, I found him fun in just the most kind of like stereotypical of of the genre of the era yes. sort of way. Yes, yeah. And I did enjoy his design, uh, replete with a uh, choker on his neck. <laughs> Uh, was yes. also very of the era. Felt like he could be in an Evanescence music video. Yes. Um, oh, or like totally. on the cover of an album. 
some mm-hmm. emo album. <laughs> so I, d- I did appreciate that about Ryan. Yeah. And I, I did think that the story was trying to do something interesting. I thought it was a fun yes. setting for the game in general. I actually did want to talk about the story a little bit. Yeah. I think it's actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's uh, it, it's delivered very weird, but I find the concepts in it pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind? Do you mind if I ruin the entire story for you? No, I, I watched I watched a video. OK, great. Yeah, we're good. So like and, and listener, I, I am going to blow pretty much all of this, but I, I do think it is fun. And like, listen, I bet I bet none of y'all are going to play this fucking game. <laughs> I, I don't believe that there's Chase a lot is of throwing the gonna, gauntlet down. <laughs> I don't think Chase doesn't be believe in any of you right now. <laughs> I just think nobody's going to fire up Galarians for the PlayStation. Chase one. is saying no one's as big of a gamer as I am. I'm a I'm a prof- I'm a capital G gamer. Capital G. You capital- almost said professional and stopped yourself because you definitely. Not a professional, not gamer. a professional gamer. That is not true. <laughs> Amateur at best. So essentially, what happens uh, in in like broad strokes is you uh, once you figure out you like go through this like facility, you figure out uh, some kind of mysterious plan called the G Project. Mm-hmm. Ryan is he like rival is, of the G unit? <laughs> rival to G unit. Sorry, fifty. We've got a we've got a special project that's gonna put out a really cool rap album. Um, so Rion, uh, like, escapes this facility after you fight a robot version of the Doctor. I think, right? Yeah, which was uh, fun. I did have Spark. Is that what it was called mm-hmm. at the time? And just like one shot at him, which was amazing. Yeah. You can't do done. that for, for the rest of the bosses, but that one was like, yeah, nice. Love that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ryan manages to like make his way home and he figures out like who his parents are essentially. Um, he of course has amnesia because of all these drugs that are being pumped through him. But his dad was this dude named Albert Steiner, who is a computer scientist uh, who with his buddy, Dr. Pascal, uh, they were designing a self-replicating artificial intelligence called Dorothy um, Mm -hmm. that had like grown too quickly and like Dorothy started like questioning like why she would serve humanity uh, when she was like y'all are a bunch of fucking idiots. Fair, fair point. Fair, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, essentially Steiner had told her that like essentially told her about like God who, who mm-hmm. created humanity. Yeah. And just as humans must accept the authority of their creator, so must Dorothy obey her creators, which Dorothy then in turn responds by launching the G project and its culmination, the family project. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, its its purpose was to create this like new superhuman race called Galarians for whom she would be God, right? Steiner and Pascal were like not aware of this, but uh, they they hid a virus that would destroy Dorothy in the mind of Pascal's daughter, Lilia, and a corresponding activator program in Ryan's brain. So mm-hmm. uh, Ryan has to find Lilia to keep the Galarians from supplanting the human race. My um, God. But he also had to, like, you know, fight Dorothy. So all that happened. Dorothy was spooky. Very scary. Yes. Very, very scary. I like that. I think that's pretty fun. Like the delivery of it's very weird with all the voice acting and like the writing can be very stilted. But like conceptually, I think that there's a lot there that like hits on pretty tried and tested and and tried and tested sci-fi tropes. Right. Mm hmm. There's a lot of iRobot in there. Uh, You and I had actually watched The Animatrix when we were much younger. 
Oh yeah. I don't know if you remember this or not, but in one of the like animatrix scenes or the little like mini movies that they include in there, mm-hmm. there's one that essentially explains how the robots came to power. Yeah. And it kind of reminded Lord me job. of that. Kind of reminded me of that too, where like you see how these things are playing out and eventually like the robots are like, Yeah, we think that we are you know, we, we should have enough rights as robots unto ourselves and then start kind of like self-replicating in the, in the way that they do. Mm-hmm. But I, re- I really love the concept whenever uh, sci-fi starts getting involved with like an AI believing in gods or something like that. That's always very good for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, yeah, a, there's also a, a scene pretty early on in the game. You come into like this area where you talk to uh, Dr. Len or whatever. Yeah. And he's on like a bunch of TVs. And that mm-hmm. feels like straight out of Cowboy Bebop. There is like mm. a, a scene in, I think, kind of the later half of the, the series where a very similar things happen where like somebody is speaking to uh, Spike in like from the, the perspective of like a big tree of televisions, which it just seems like this this game had consumed a lot of sci-fi media and a lot of sci-fi yeah. anime specifically. Uh-huh. And so I, I just feel like you see it a lot in here. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. It's it's definitely anime inspired for certain which i of course enjoy yeah yeah and it, i think that there are really interesting ideas to take from all of those pieces of media and they, they put them together in a nice neat little package in this game as far as the story is concerned yeah like you said it is delivered in a strange yeah. way with the voice yeah. acting but i did find that the story was interesting mm-hmm. and, and what it was trying and what concepts it was trying to discuss yeah which was you know, something I didn't really expect. I feel like a lot of these sorts of survival horror games don't have, or maybe Silent Hill notwithstanding, yeah, don't always have the most interesting stories. It's kind of straightforward. Yeah, get out of the city, fight the zombies. G- yeah, exactly. Whereas this was really trying to, to do something, which I appreciated. I, I think of the three that uh, the, the review mentioned, Bad Resident, Problem Dino, and Pre-Insect... <laughs> I think that Parasite Eve probably gets the closest to talking about similar stuff because sure. like in, in the game, Eve is trying to give birth to like the perfect life form. And, and so it gets closer to the, those ideas that are like, you know, what what kind of terror, terrifying creature would come out of that process and what would it take? And like there is a callousness that a lot of these characters treat humanity with. And like mm-hmm. R- Ryan himself too, right? Like that power just like evaporates people. Yeah. And so there's there's this, uh, yeah, there's this cold perspective that I think a lot of these games and, and media show towards humans. You know, like I, I think that that scene in Akira stands out to me because of how uncaring the, the movie presented Tetsuo about like just mm-hmm. like absolutely eviscerating these people yeah. without like care. He's just like, I'm annoyed and then just like turns them into mist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that is present in a, in a lot of these games and to, and to great effect. Like, I think that that hammers home the, the dangerousness of a lot of these situations mm-hmm. in, in the powers that Ryan has or the powers that Tetsuo has in Akira or in Parasite Eve, how strong Eve is. She like just turns people into goop a lot of the time to like <laughs> fuel her, her idea of trying to like get, get the perfect life form out there, evolving humanity or whatever. Sorry, you said goop, but I thought of a uh, bad actress. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow is actually the antagonist of Parasite Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Turning everybody into goop. Everyone will be goop now. The whole world is goop. I'm turning you on to the perfect life form. More mm. Gwyneth. A life, a life form candle? Scented candle? Yeah, it's a stone for your Yanni. <laughs> uh, it's actually Yoni. <laughs> 
Dang it. <laughs> Yanni is the is this is the soprano saxophone player. Oh, wow. I like that too. Give him a stone too. Did you know that? That who does like a lot of um elevator music really. I like I, I like that. Not to be confused with Yoni. <laughs> um anyway, point being <laughs> I think that there is a like primal fear that a lot of those that, that a lot of these genre pieces tap into. Sorry, I just I just Google image Gianni. It's really <laughs> sure, funny. yeah. Why not? Sorry, I'm I'm back. I'm back with you. Yeah, we'll yeah, continue. Yeah. Continue. There is a primal fear that a lot of these genre pieces tap into of it puts like evolution and nature just like front and center because yeah. like individually you and I don't need to experience evolution. You know, mm, like that's not yeah. something that we encounter because. It happens on such a larger scale, mm-hmm. but it is very scary to come in contact with that in, in something that is able to evolve so quickly. Yeah. Like in, in this game with the AI or in Parasite Eve with Eve herself, who is just constantly kind of like mutating. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's turning the mitochondria against the, pe- the people. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> God, I, I fucking love Parasite Eve. <laughs> so, the mini-chlorians? <laughs> and so like there, there's this fear of like how uncaring nature can be. In, in that way where it's like it's not malicious it's just like it is going to choose the strongest form here and so like if you're not that then nature doesn't really give a shit and just mm-hmm. like leaves you behind which is scary if you put it into such a, a smaller timeline you know of course love love is the answer and humanity is gonna fucking conquer all or whatever but mm-hmm. it's 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 frightening in a way that i think aids aids the genre a lot sure yeah it's, big, it's an existential fear mm-hmm. right? yes of being like aged out of not even relevance but just like effectiveness as a being at all yeah just like oh my whole body is is useless now i guess yeah, yeah. everything that is me is is obsolete it's like a different vo- version of how like scary something like world of war of the worlds can be where like mm. Somebody shows up and just like eclipses you as far as like weapons go or something. Yeah. Where it's like, we're not effective here. Not even close. I guess I'm just an ant, really. The Matrix does this too, right? Where they st- the machines start mm-hmm. making the the like reavers, essentially, the, the bots that look like octop- yep. octopuses, oh, octopi. So uh, yeah. They're very good, and I, I love so how the, the the animatrix shows that like that's not the form that they were originally in, but that was mm-hmm. a form that they built after they had like gone to war with the humans. Of like, mm-hmm. this is more effective to fight you, so this is the form we're gonna take. Yep, which is really good. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. The animatrix was so bleak. I can't believe that you and I watched that. It was like the hot thing to do. But we were young. I don't we feel were like y- we were I think per- most of it went over my head. I was just like, cool, pretty images. Let's yes. go. Because it was neat. Yeah. But yeah, I, did, uh, I didn't really like absorb most of that. No, it may be an interesting rewatch. Yeah, totally. It uh, came out in 2003 of June. So like we're like 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. It was, was kind of gruesome at times. So I'm surprised that we were like, yeah. We can watch this. It's fine. You know, probably shouldn't have been watching it, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah. We're playing Grand Theft Auto anyways. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm totally not messed up from it. No. Anyway, spooky. Spooky what, game. What a good time. I love playing spooky games. Mm-hmm. No, I enjoyed this game. Yeah, me too. It was uh, very like uneven in a lot of ways, and I think mechanically you, you really feel the distance between how far it's been. I, I, I'm a defender of tank controls, especially in the Resident Evil 1 remake for GameCube. I think they use it so well, but like it feels tough in this one. Sometimes I'm just <laughs> trying to get to the door and I can't do it. Yeah. And this one, I think I actually didn't have as bad of a time with them in this one because I feel yeah. like the, the powers were a little more forgiving as far as aiming goes, whereas yeah, true. a gun can be pretty difficult sometimes in a lot of those <laughs> games with the tank controls it's true yeah the, the power sometimes if you're just close enough to somebody it'll kind of like lock onto them 
Yeah. So it, it did make aiming a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Galarians. Fun. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Hey, if you'd like to interact with us a little bit more, you can go visit our website, podtimism.com. Uh-huh. That Chase has lovingly created Thank with you. great skill as well. Thank you. you can go check our backlog. Look at all of our podcast art. Look, You can also search for games that we have maybe talked about in the past if you're curious about our opinions on something that you uh, enjoy yeah. or don't enjoy. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you can also go there and suggest games for us to do in the future on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check it out. Go check it out. Also, thank you, Scout Wilkinson. This is Scout Out of the Week. Beautiful podcast art. We love it. Uh, It makes us feel so good and warm inside when we look at it. It's true. It's it's wonderful. Great taste in procedural crime dramas, too, in Columbo. Columbo. Scout scout out for that. Scout out for that. That's That's a two for Scout Out. Look at us go. If you would like to contact her and get her to do some commissions for you, you can see her on the internet at co-fi.com slash humble goat. Yes. Uh, and see if her commissions are open. And her mm-hmm. commissions at this time are open. Great. You know, Great. it's the holiday season is coming up, so might as well get some commissions in. Get your friend a icon of their head. Ooh. I think that's that'd be a cool gift. Icon of fire? T- turn your friend into the icon of fire <laughs> and have them beat up their little brother. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) if you want to help us out, you can leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps Mm -hmm. us out. You can also spread the good word of Potemism to a friend. Yeah. Now, natural word of mouth traffic is the best way for us to uh, expand our reach across the stars. Uh, (laughs) So please, uh, that would be really great. And then, you know, if they like it, great. If they don't, also great. Also great. And also, uh, last of all, thank you, listener, for spending your time with us. Uh, we yeah. really appreciate it. This is something that we enjoy and love doing, and it's pretty cool that other people are on this ride with us as well. So yeah, thank you yeah. sincerely. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's very fun. It's very cool. Love doing the podcast. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. We're on Blue Sky now, and oh. I, haven't men- I haven't mentioned that. Blue um, Sky. Blue Sky X. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do anything there, but we are on it. We exist within we that exist space. We exist out there. I, I posted a picture of Elijah Wood holding a copy of Metal Gear Solid 2 on there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting flex. <laughs> no, yeah. Th- thank you dearly um, for everybody checking out the show. Anybody who's a little bit newer, appreciate you being here. It's a great time. I, I love making the show and mm-hmm. I like that people are checking it out. So thank you. Thank you for checking it out if, if you are newer. Um, and thank you to the people who have uh, tossed a review since we had uh, asked last week. I appreciate you dearly. Yeah. Thank you. Chase, do you have any video game wisdom for us this week? Oh, man. Um, I think if you're about to get injected with two shots, one mm-hmm. of them called Nalcon the other one called red somebody over the intercom says but it'll totally erase his memories and somebody else says do it anyway uh i think you should just leave at that point i think you should probably say i'm actually out of the experiment the setup was so funny (laughs) they're just telling you the stakes of the game let me tell you exactly what's going on and why this is intense (laughs) it might erase his his memories but also maybe it'll give him powers and he'll come in here and kick our asses after this (laughs) i know right it's like all right do you know who this person is that you're giving these powers to probably not probably not you're just blasting him full of red blast me full of red baby (laughs) baja blast me i wonder what kind of power baja blast would give you like mm. if if we're saying that red is just you Ooh. drinking Kool-Aid to be able to like give yourself flame powers, what does Blaha Baha Blast do? 
Baja Blast all of a sudden makes the person who it's targeting feel like they just ate like Pepper X or a ghost pepper or something. Ooh, just wow, like all yeah. of a sudden their their mouth is just on fire. I from love capsaicin. That. Yeah. They just did all 10 rounds of hot ones at once and they're just like <laughs> really so, in hell. So about to make a hot ones <laughs> reference too. And then Sean Evans comes up and started asking them very difficult questions about their social media timeline. This camera, this camera, or this camera. Tell the people what you've got going on at home. <laughs> just this person is just crying like, they must be stuffed. They <laughs> can't be let out. Maybe that is Sean Evans' superpower. Maybe none of those wings are dosed in hot sauce. It's just him. Yeah, he's telekinetic. Blast. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Shouts out Sean Evans. <laughs> That's a great show. I love Hot Ones. Yeah, no, very, very good. You're doing great work, Sean. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love to see right. it. See you next week, Sean. Yeah, yeah. bye, Sean. Bye. <laughs> Big pothead. Big pothead. <laughs> Online.